Good morning and welcome to 5 at 8. It's Monday, December 4th, 2023. And with me here is Linda Carlisle. I'm Mark Overman, and here are the day's top stories. In this episode, we'll talk about a newly uncovered data revealing a super geomagnetic storm from 1872 that ranks among the top three greatest geomagnetic storms in history. The potential liquidation of China Evergrande and its implications for China's housing market, key individuals who have played influential roles in the development of artificial intelligence, European car makers falling behind in securing raw materials for electric vehicle batteries, and renowned film director Christopher Nolan being awarded a BFI fellowship for his contributions to cinema. Story number one. Newly uncovered data reveals that a super-geomagnetic storm that occurred in February 1872 ranks among the top three greatest geomagnetic storms on record, as reported by the Washington Post. These large events are more common than previously thought and pose a major risk to today's technology-heavy society. The storm disrupted electric systems and caused auroras to be visible in unusual places close to the equator. The study took six years to complete and analyzed over 700 reports from sunspot records, magnetic field records, newspaper clips, and more. Researchers are concerned about the frequency of these intense storms and the potential damage they could cause to modern civilization. How about that news, Linda? A geomagnetic storm from 1872 ranking as one of the top three to hit Earth. And now we're finding out that these superstorms are more common than we thought. Can you imagine the chaos if a storm of that magnitude hit us today with our reliance on technology? It's a sobering thought. The 1872 event, like the Carrington event in 1859 and the New York Railroad storm of 1921, caused significant disruptions, even with the relatively limited technology of those eras. Telegraph systems were paralyzed, and there were reports of auroras in places as far from the poles as Tahiti. That's something, isn't it? Sure is, Linda. I mean, look at us now. We're so plugged in, so dependent on our gadgets and networks. An event like that today could knock out energy, communication, satellite systems. It'd be pandemonium. It emphasizes how vulnerabilities in our technology infrastructure can have serious consequences. But on a positive note, it's also a reminder of the importance of science in helping us understand these phenomena. The detective work that went into analyzing the 1872 event sifting through old sunspot records, newspaper clips, ship records, is truly remarkable. Oh, for sure. It goes to show how much we can learn from the past. But it's not just about learning. It's about preparing, too. I mean, if we're going to be hit by one of these superstorms every solar cycle or so, we gotta be ready. We can't be caught flat-footed, right? Preparedness and resilience are key. And it's not just about the technology itself, but also about the systems and processes we have in place to respond to such events. That includes everything from emergency response frameworks to how we communicate during a crisis. Right you are, Linda. It's a wake-up call, isn't it? We need to make sure our technology is resilient and that we have contingency plans in place. And we need to keep investing in science and research so we can better predict and mitigate the effects of these solar-induced phenomena. Very well said, Mark. As we move forward in our technology-reliant world, we must remember to keep in mind the forces of nature and the universe that we cannot control, yet can certainly learn to navigate more wisely. Story number two. China Evergrande, once considered one of China's most successful companies, 
may face liquidation as a Hong Kong judge decides whether to force the property developer to pay back creditors who are owed billions of dollars. Evergrande's default in December 2021 left it with more than $300 billion in overdue bills and plunged China's housing market into crisis. The potential liquidation would have significant implications for investors, buyers who paid in advance, workers, and Chinese banks and investors. In a report from the New York Times, it is stated that a liquidation would be messy and could take years due to Evergrande's complex business structure, but it would also serve as a test of how the Chinese Communist Party plans to treat foreign creditors of property companies. So, this Evergrande saga, huh? It's like watching a slow-moving train wreck, isn't it? For years, the company was a poster child for China's booming real estate market. Now, with over $300 billion in overdue bills, it's teetering on the brink of collapse. And if it goes down, it's not just going down alone. It's taking a chunk of China's economy with it. Indeed, it's a situation that's not just affecting the company's stakeholders, but also the overall health of China's economy. Evergrande's financial crisis has already caused a ripple effect in the real estate industry, plunging it into a dire situation. And it's not just a corporate issue anymore. It's becoming a socioeconomic problem. Many Chinese families have invested their life savings in real estate, considering it a safe store of wealth. The uncertainty surrounding their homes and investments is bound to have a profound impact. You're absolutely right, Linda. And it's reminiscent of the 2008 financial crisis, isn't it? Lehman Brothers, another giant, went under, triggering a global financial meltdown. Now, I'm not saying Evergrande's collapse would have the same global reach but it certainly exposes the systemic risks inherent in certain industries like real estate. Definitely, Mark. And it's important to note that while the immediate effects are felt by the company and its investors, the long-term implications of such a collapse could affect the broader economy. The ripple effect can lead to job losses, reduced consumer spending, and a general slowdown in economic growth. It's a multifaceted problem that requires careful navigation and crisis management. Couldn't agree more. And this is where the role of government and judicial bodies becomes crucial. They need to step in, not just to clean up the mess, but to ensure that the right mechanisms are put in place to prevent such crises in the future. Which brings us to the looming court decision. If Evergrande is forced into liquidation, it would be a litmus test of how the Chinese Communist Party plans to treat foreign creditors. It's a complex situation, to say the least. Indeed, and it's a situation that calls for balance. On one hand, there's the need to ensure that creditors get their due. On the other hand, there's the social responsibility to protect the interests of the employees, the home buyers who are still owed their homes, and the broader economy. It's a delicate balancing act, one that will require all stakeholders to work together towards a solution that minimizes damage and disruption. Story number three. This news, as reported by the New York Times, provides a summary of key individuals who have played influential roles in the development of artificial intelligence, AI. It highlights figures such as Sam Altman, CEO of OpenAI, who helped start the organization and create the viral chatbot ChatGPT. Dario Amode, an AI researcher who left OpenAI to found Anthropic, a startup focused on safe AI systems. Bill Gates, who became an AI convert after witnessing the capabilities of OpenAI's GPT-4. Demise Hassabis, founder of DeepMind, a prominent AI lab known for creating AlphaGo. Jeffrey Hinton, a professor known for his work on neural networks. Reid Hoffman, 
Elon Musk and Peter Thiel, venture capitalist who invested in OpenAI. Satya Nadella, CEO of Microsoft, who spearheaded the company's investments in OpenAI. Larry Page, co-founder of Google, who advocated for the acquisition of DeepMind. Eliezer Yudkowsky, an AI researcher known for his philosophical thinking around the technology. And Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Meta, who has long been interested in AI and attempted to acquire DeepMind. When we consider the pioneers behind the evolution of artificial intelligence, the name Sam Altman stands out. His role as the CEO of OpenAI, which is responsible for the chatbot ChatGPT, has been a game-changer. I mean, he's been instrumental in bringing the power of generative AI to the spotlight. And it's not just Sam Altman. Dario Amadi, another key figure in OpenAI, has made significant contributions. Even after leaving OpenAI due to disagreements, he continued his work to develop safe AI systems through his startup Anthropic. The dedication of these folks to not just advancing AI, but ensuring its safety and ethical use, is commendable. You're spot on there, Linda. And it's not just about individuals, but also the backing they receive. Take DeepMind's founder, Demis Hassabis, for instance. Backed by Peter Thiel, his lab created AlphaGo, which sent shockwaves across the globe when it beat the world's best Go player, that kind of innovation wouldn't be possible without the right support. That's true, Mark. The role of investors and business leaders can't be overlooked. People like Reid Hoffman, Elon Musk, and Peter Thiel have poured significant funds into AI research. And then there's Bill Gates, who, after initially being skeptical about AI, had a change of heart after seeing the capabilities of OpenAI's GPT-4. His endorsement has been influential in Microsoft's aggressive push into generative AI. Yeah, and speaking of Microsoft, their CEO, Satya Nadella, deserves a shout-out. His commitment to investing in OpenAI has been impressive. $13 billion over a couple of years? That's no small change. It's exciting to see how Microsoft is integrating AI across their products. It truly is, Mark. All of these individuals, from tech executives to investors, have played crucial roles in the AI movement. But let's not forget the importance of philosophical thinkers like Eliezer Yudkowsky, who have shaped the discourse around AI. His work has been vital in fostering discussions about the power and potential dangers of AI. Story number four. European car makers are falling behind Tesla and China's BYD in securing the necessary raw materials for electric vehicle, EV batteries, with only 16% of the required lithium, cobalt, and nickel contracts in place according to analysis by Transport and Environment, as reported by The Guardian. This scarcity of resources could pose challenges for carmakers in meeting their 2030 EV sales targets, especially as the EU and UK plan to ban the sale of new fossil fuel cars by 2035. It's quite a revelation, isn't it, Linda? This race for raw materials for electric vehicle batteries? It's almost like a new age gold rush. Gate, it's a critical issue. The demand for lithium cobalt, and nickel is skyrocketing due to the growing electric vehicle market. But the supply is just not keeping up. And it's not just about having enough of these minerals, but also about securing sustainable and ethical ways to mine them. Right, and it seems like Tesla and China's BYD are way ahead in this game, while European car makers are lagging behind. What's causing this disparity, Linda? Well, Mark, it's a combination of factors. Tesla and BYD have been proactive in securing contracts for these materials, while some of the European car makers have been slow to react. Besides, there's also the possibility that some car makers may have undisclosed deals with mining or refining companies which we don't know about. 
But the bottom line is, there's a disconnect between the car makers' EV goals and their strategies for securing these critical minerals. So, are we looking at a scenario where the supply of these minerals could become a bottleneck for the growth of the EV industry? That would be, well, ironic, considering the whole point of EVs is to move away from the limitations and environmental impact of fossil fuels. And what's more troubling is the potential social and environmental impact of the increased mining. We've seen cases of child labor, exploitation of workers, and environmentally damaging methods in mineral supply chains. The challenge for these companies is not just to secure the supply of these materials, but also to ensure that they're sourced responsibly. That's a tough nut to crack, isn't it? On one hand, you've got to keep up with the demand, but on the other, you've got to make sure you're not contributing to another kind of environmental catastrophe or social injustice. So, what should these companies be doing, Linda? Well, Mark, companies need to be proactive in their supply chain strategies. This includes investing in technologies and practices that reduce the environmental and social impact of mining. They should also be looking at ways to reduce their reliance on these materials through strategies like recycling and developing new battery technologies. But it's going to require a concerted effort from the industry, governments, and consumers to make this transition sustainable in the long run. It's a long road ahead, isn't it? But like they say, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Let's hope these companies are ready to take that step. After all, the success of the EV transition depends on it. Thanks for the insights, Linda. My pleasure, Mark. And you're absolutely right. It's a complex issue, but with the right approach, we can make the transition to electric vehicles a reality, while also ensuring that it's sustainable and ethical. It's definitely something we need to keep a close watch on. Story number five. According to The Guardian, Renowned film director Christopher Nolan will be awarded a BFI fellowship for his contributions to cinema. Known for pushing the boundaries of filmmaking, Nolan has directed movies such as Dunkirk, Inception, and the Dark Knight trilogy. His latest film, Oppenheimer, became the highest-grossing biopic of all time. The fellowship, typically given towards the end of a career, recognizes Nolan's success and innovation in the industry. The BFI praised his ability to push the limits of large-scale filmmaking while respecting the history of cinema. Nolan will receive the fellowship in February 2024. When I read about Christopher Nolan receiving the BFI fellowship, I couldn't help but think about his unique impact on cinema. I mean, from Memento to Oppenheimer, he's really carved out a niche for himself. What do you think sets Nolan apart as a blockbuster auteur, Linda? That's a great point, Mark. Nolan's distinctive style really sets him apart. He's known for his complex, non-linear narrative structures like in Memento or Inception. He's not afraid to challenge his audience, which is quite unique for big-budget films. He blends high-concept themes with broad audience appeal, which is a delicate balance to strike. So in your opinion, how has Nolan's approach as an auteur-director contributed to the success of his films, both critically and commercially? Well... One could argue that Nolan's creative vision and meticulous attention to detail have played a significant role in his success. His films often deal with philosophical and ethical dilemmas, which add depth to the story. Moreover, his use of practical effects and real locations over CGI creates a sense of authenticity that resonates with audiences. This blend of intellectual stimulation and visual spectacle creates a unique cinematic experience that appeals to a wide range of viewers. That's a great analysis, Linda. Now, with the rise of streaming services and digital platforms, 
how do you see the role of auteur directors like Nolan evolving? That's an insightful question, Mark. While the landscape of cinema is indeed changing, I believe there will always be a place for auteurs. They bring a unique perspective and vision that can't be replicated by algorithm-driven content. Directors like Nolan remind us of the power of cinema as an art form, not just a means of entertainment. However, they may need to adapt and find new ways to connect with audiences in this digital age. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.